Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Today we're talking to country artist Brad Cook. So welcome, Brad. How are you today? I'm well, mate. Thanks for having us on. Oh, you're so welcome. And where are we speaking to you from? Uh, my new home in central Queensland in Australia. Oh, so you've moved recently? Yeah, we moved up from Newcastle, which is near Sydney, to uh, about eight hours north of Brisbane on the coast. Lovely. I bet that's beautiful. It is. It's lovely. We've got a bunch of islands just off the coast. It's Yeah, it's paradise. Awesome. And I've seen as well that you obviously you've spent the last two years, I'm not including last year, of course, um, touring. And then when COVID obviously hit, you found solitude driving a tractor for up to 17 hours a day. So how, how did this happen? You, you had a tractor lying around as well? Yeah, no, not quite, <laughs> mate. Before I was, before I was uh, playing music full time, I, I spent a heap of my time between shows and projects Um yeah, doing rural contracting and sitting on a tractor or chasing cows and stuff like that. So uh, I spent um, I spent a fair bit of time when COVID first hit, drinking far too much beer and playing PlayStation. Um, <laughs> Didn't we all? Before, before, yeah, before I went, I can't do this anymore. I've got to get out of the house. Uh, so, yeah, went back to work for a little while. Went out, out west and, uh, yeah, they were sowing, sowing their crops for the year and, there was work on, so off I toddled and, yeah, went back to work for a few months. It was actually really good. It was kind of, um, yeah, it was something that I probably needed to kind of stop having the shits with everything that was going on and not being able to play shows, um, but kind of, yeah, take that time out and just accept, you know, that there was no one to blame. And then I did that and kind of once I finished, I was back to, okay, well, there's yeah, there's no one to blame. How do we, how do we keep moving forward in the current situation? Mm. And how did that solitude help you in terms of maybe songwriting or in terms of ideas for things to do with music? Um, yeah, look, it didn't help too much. I don't really draw too much inspiration anymore from, like, you know, direct agriculture okay. kind of experiences, but it was probably more just me as a human I just needed some time out <laughs> to, uh, yeah. yeah, to have a spell and have the shits with the world for a little while um, before I did go and, yeah, figure out what I was going to go and write songs about and, and that kind of stuff. So Okay, gotcha. And um, obviously, uh, very obviously, you're Australian. And I was wondering, do people, if they hear your music, do, you, do they often assume maybe you're from Nashville or something? I'm just wondering about the country music scene in Australia and was that much of a thing when you were growing up as well? Yeah, I do, mate. You'd be surprised how often I get Instagram messages and messages on social media saying, hey, when are you coming to Australia? Come and play a show in Sydney. And I reply saying, I live an hour from Sydney and I was in Sydney yesterday. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it actually happens quite often. But, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of new fans or new listeners to my stuff definitely think that I'm, you know, an international artist. Mm. Uh, rather than being local in Australia. But, uh, you know, I don't think that's a necessarily a bad thing at all. No, it's not, I don't think, because it obviously means you've captured the sound of whatever they think that Nashville kind of sound is. But is there much of a, um, a country music scene in Australia at the moment? Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. And it's growing exponentially every year. Um, you know, there's been a lot of success in the last couple of years with a few country songs on commercial radio stations, um, so that's definitely helped, and yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's definitely not quite as commercial as as America, 
Um, there's still a little bit of stigma around you know, country music being old school tractors and dead dogs kind of songs, but, um, you know, we're slowly working on it, and I think it's really promising for, yeah, young up-and-coming artists, much like myself, to uh, to know that there's, yeah, there's, you know, becoming potential for our music to be, you know, heard in commercial spaces. Okay, and how did you come to sort of get into music more seriously? There must have been a point where you went from perhaps just doing it as a hobby or whatever to thinking, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. When was that moment for you? Uh, well, I was always, yeah, I was always kind of playing music, but um, I suppose that moment that you're talking about kind of happened when I was working up north on cattle stations and the guys I was working for like sat me down one day and said, you, you need to go home and figure out how to make this work because, you know, we love having you work here, but you're, you're uh, you know, you're really good and we know nothing about the industry, but, you you know, you're wasting your time up here. Um so, yeah, they, they wrote me a check and sent me home to go and make music and I kind of, yeah, kind of at that that point went, you know, like I'm, maybe there is something more in this and maybe I owe it to myself to really, yeah, give it a crack. So, yeah, I went home and sat in a little cottage on a farm for a few months and started writing my first album. Nice. And are you still in touch with the guys that gave you that bit of a push and the check? Yeah, definitely. They're some of my, my greatest friends Ever and you know what, you know just that it, it was it wasn't a huge significant moment, but just that that you know belief in me when they had no idea what it entailed, um, yeah, just kind of got me stirring the pot to you know pull my finger out and go you know well maybe yeah as I said maybe I owe it to myself to uh, yeah see see if this is a thing and kind of never look back. Mm. And um, obviously you came to prominence in 2018, which seems like. A lifetime ago now and obviously it wasn't but a lot has happened since then um so you've got several breakthrough singles obviously including uh red light too drunk to drive lake house and the crowd favorite Walter on the ground so when it came to those songs in particular um i'm just curious um we asked this to a lot of songwriters did you have a feeling that they were going to do particularly well like when you wrote them recorded them did you think oh these are the ones that are going to really resonate with crowds and audiences um, probably none more than Water on the Ground. That song I wrote, I was in Nashville, I wrote it by myself. I was drunk as ten drunk things in a hotel room at God knows what hour of the morning. And um and I actually I don't I was I was tanked. I don't remember I can't, you know, I vaguely remember writing the song, but it was the the next morning that I was looking through my voice memos and the song was in there and it was kind of, you know, ninety five percent done. And I think that was that was definitely one where I was like, yeah, I, I need to, I need to get this right and have people hear this because it's just going to kind of, yeah, it's going to connect with a lot of, a lot of what will I now know as my real core fans and my, you know, my super fans that turn up to shows multiple times on a tour kind of thing. So, yeah, definitely had that kind of feeling with that song. Okay, I love that you've woken up um, with a hangover and had kind of a hit song on your phone. Nothing that good has ever happened to me when I've been hungover. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that must have been yeah, a nice look, surprise. It was, uh, yeah, it was. It was a nice surprise. As I said, I wasn't completely incoherent, but uh, yeah, I definitely don't remember the, 
the process of writing the song and I don't think it took very long. I kind of just grumbled my way through it and then, uh, yeah, figured out what it, what I was actually saying in the morning. But, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of cool. It's, it hasn't <laughs> happened again, so maybe I need to drink more. Maybe I don't. Yeah, practice, <laughs> practice means perfect, doesn't it? I mean, we're in lockdown. What else is there to do? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't need any more encouragement than I've already got. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> what do you think it is about that song then that audiences really resonate with when it comes to water on the ground what is it about it when you perform it live that really you know captures their attention do you think well i think definitely in this country you know like we've a lot of a lot of the landmass in australia has struggled with pretty severe drought over centuries but particularly in the last decade um and I think there's been, you know, in the last decade, there's been a huge mental health issue with, mm-hmm. um, you know, people knocking themselves off because they can't afford the bills in the country and all that kind of stuff. And I think it was just a, it was a, it was a, it was just a timing. The song would have been good if, if uh, you know, set events weren't happening. But I think just the timing of that and you know the way that i wrote it and the you know the story that i wrote that song about um i think it just kind of on a real personal level connected with with people you know over here everybody knows someone who's struggled with you know paying the bills because it won't rain and um yeah i think i think that's why that song hits so well is because yeah just the, the timing of what was going on um and you know it always does rain and it has rained and and whatnot but i think it was just it was it was a song that uh the audience understood as a human not as an artist that plays shows and release songs if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. yeah i think i know i've rambled through that a bit but yeah there's some kind of sense in there (laughs) yeah yeah there's definitely some kind of sense in there i'm getting is this one of the songs you're most proud of on the album maybe yeah, definitely. I always say, you know, it's probably the most important song that I've ever written. Hence why, it, it, as I said, it kind of wrote itself. It was one of those things that just kind of had to come out of me and I think I had to go out into the into the world. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely one of my proudest, you know, songs that I've ever put together for sure. Mm, I can see why. And um, obviously your follow-up is My Mind's Projection, so the difficult second album. Um, so after the success of the first one, was it an intimidating task when you started to put this one together? Um, yeah, a lot of people say that, but I don't think so, not for me. Um, and to be quite honest, I think the pandemic's actually helped that because this, uh, you know, everyone says how how much pressure there is to, you know, do well with a second album and not take too long and all this kind of stuff. But um, this this record was meant to come out early last year and it never came out until November last year. So I think um, for me, my second album, I just I just signed with major label with Sony Music. Um, so it kind of felt like the first album all over again. And then that's what I was saying with the, with the pandemic and having it pushed back. Um, to November, I didn't feel like, um, you know, I was running out of time or had any expectations. It was, yeah, it was kind of a new breath of, of uh, creative, you know, output with this second record that, um, that, yeah, I didn't feel much pressure on at all, to be completely honest. Okay. Well, that's great. That's quite refreshing, actually, because a lot of people have the opposite, don't they? 
Yeah, I think too. I, I quite frankly don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I, I, I write music for me, and it's you know, I'm a songwriter, and that's part of who I am, and and that's the way it, you know, that's the way it rolls. So I, I knew that with it, whatever I put out, my again, my core fans would uh, would follow me, and uh, anything more than that's just a bonus. So, so far, so good, I think. <laughs> yes, yeah, so far, so good. I love that. Um, so where did you start with this one in terms of writing songs or getting a collection of songs together? Well, I just I actually I, I started writing this album probably, yeah, before the first one came out, um, which I've done again. I've started writing the next project, um, you know, before My Mind's Projection was released. I think um, I think it's for me. It's you know I'm always I'm always writing songs with the next you know the next thing the next release in mind. Um, so I uh, yeah, it's kind of just a progression. Um, you know, as a as you evolve as a human and mature, and you know, big things happen. I've had a lot of shows get a lot bigger than what they were three years ago, and so yeah, I think that's kind of yeah where 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 these new songs kind of first started, that's for sure. Okay, cool. And then did you have any kind of, not a concept or something, but, you know, kind of overarching theme that you wanted to explore on the second album or was it more just what whatever came together came together? I think the biggest thing from that kind of aspect I wanted to achieve with this record was, um, don't get me wrong, I love pop country and I love big commercial produced country and I can't wait to put out a record that sounds like that but I think for me for this record because I actually I, I made it independently I wrote it independently you know before I had um, the opportunity to get into rooms with all these you know top top notch songwriters in Nashville and that kind of stuff I uh, I really wanted to keep the the production side of it um, not not less commercial, but just as much, you know, the way I want it to be as possible with no influence from, you know, is this song going to end up on radio? Is this song too long? Is this, you know, all those kind of things that, that happen, which, again, I love and I can't wait to put out a record like that. But that's why I've got songs, um, you know, I think the last song on there is, or the second last song is nine or ten minutes long, Um you know, I've got horn sections on there, which isn't a traditional, you know, commercial country album kind of thing to do at the moment. Um, like, I wanted to explore all these kind of, yeah, and they're not left field production kind of tools, but all the shit that I wanted to do, I wanted to put it into this record so I could happily go, yeah, I'm going to make a kick-ass commercial polished pop country record the next one, if that makes sense. And I think uh, I think I achieved that... I'm happy with it anyway, so. Mm, that's all the matters. Um, and I saw you worked with the producer Matt Fell again on this one, so you've recaptured a bit of the magic of that first record, but um, I've seen you've taken things a bit further, so you've infused the record with elements of country rock and, you know, rhythm and blues. So um, how do you bring out the best in each other in this kind of environment? Yeah, definitely. I think with the first record, I was so green with, uh, you know, being in a studio. I hadn't spent much time. I didn't know how it worked. Um, Matt, you know, when I first started working with Matt on the first record, we were strangers. But I think that whole that whole first record was, you know, the apprenticeship, and then walking into this one, um, Matt Fell and I are great friends. He's uh, he's one of the smartest, 
um, you know, he's one of the best blokes I know. Uh, and he's a, yeah, he's a really good mate. So it was kind of a totally different experience walking in with this project, you know, knowing knowing that I could step in and say, no, this is how I want it. This is the idea I have, right? Whereas the first record, I didn't really know the line between, you know, you're paying a producer, what's the line of creative, you know, input when I'm paying this guy to do his job? When do I step in? When do I not? What's okay? What's not okay? Um so that was probably the biggest difference with the first and second record is that, you know, he knows, he, you know, he knew how I worked. I knew how he worked. We trust each other. As I said, we know each other really well and we're great friends. Um, so it was, yeah, it was really enjoyable and really kind of organic um, progress through, yeah, putting this second record down. Yeah, I saw that you'd said somewhere before that you were, you know, you just admitted you were really uncomfortable the first time because you didn't know what you were doing. Um, so I'm guessing, have you learned to trust your gut a bit more now with saying what you like, what you don't like and all that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, and there's there's nothing on that first record that I went, oh, I wish I said that or I wish I changed this. Um, but it was just, it was just, um, yeah, being more comfortable in, in uh, probably having a you know a fifty percent vision of where I wanted it to end up from a production side of you know point of view, um, and you know being able and comfortable yeah to stick stick your hand out and say what about this? Can we change this? I don't like that. That's a good idea. Is this a, is this a better way of doing it? Um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah it's it's it's, uh, it's something that I had to learn and. You know, I hope to continue to learn and get better. Um, yeah, is it trusting, you know, trusting what I think is right, and but at the same time being malleable and and um, you know open to any ideas that a producer or someone else, you know, with creative input might have to say. Mm-hmm. And um, so the single "Give Me Tonight" is one of the standout tracks on the album, and it's had something crazy like four million streams to date. Not bad. Um, so tell me about the inspiration behind this song. Yeah, this song I wrote with one of my real good buddies, Joe McGovern, who I've spent a heap of time writing songs with and um, touring with. He uh, and I write a bunch together. Um, and this song was just oh, we we kind of wrote it about those those nights where you kind of might might hang out with a chick or pick up a chick kind of and have the time of your life knowing full well that, uh, you know, you might never see them again. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a really organic song to write. It only probably took us an hour and we smashed it out. And, you know, it's funny, that's, that's definitely a song that I wrote that I never thought would, uh, you know, be a hit if you want to call it that, but, you know the world works in mysterious ways and that was that was the one the team chose and put out and it um and it was a great commercial success um so yeah it's uh, it's a strange game and i'm learning every day that there's uh, there's no rule book for it that's for sure <laughs> yeah absolutely and then so in terms of the album um have you got a particular favorite track of yours on there or something that's got um i don't know special meaning to you and you're particularly proud of um, I think Remedy, being able to work with Adam Eckersley and him featuring singing and playing guitar on that song was a big highlight for me. Um, yeah, I wrote I wrote that song after I was on my way to America for just a holiday with my best mate and I smashed up my ute, my car that I lived in at the time um, on the way to the airport. Oh. And, um, yeah, okay. ended up in... 
Oh yeah, of course. Ended up in in Louisiana with uh, with no money and and um, whatnot. So I went and bought a couple of bottles of red wine from Aldi nice. for two dollars, and uh, sat down and wrote this song because I was a bit sad that I uh, was on the other side of the world and had no money, and I just smashed my house uh, on the way to the airport. So yeah, I think uh, I think that song it kind of yeah it kind of flowed out pretty easily, and then. Yeah, having Adam Exley is one of my best pals. Um, being able to come and feature on it was um, was really special. Mm, okay. And what about in terms of this year? I know things are a bit up in the air still with live performances and just plans of any kind, but what what have you got planned um, music-wise this year, Brad? Mate, hopefully um, a bunch of shows at the end of the year is the plan. Uh, we've got, got plenty of plans in the pipeline, but um, as everyone knows, and you'd know full well, is yeah the goalposts uh, keep keep moving, so we've got to keep shifting angles to try and score. So um, yeah, look, that's 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 the biggest goal for us this year is to try and get twenty or thirty shows done by the end of the year, and then uh, and then who knows? I'm just waiting for someone to jab me with a needle and a heap of chemicals to make this all go away. <laughs> aren't we all i guess we're at the, b- the yeah. back of the list aren't we though oh yeah definitely yeah we're way down the list <laughs> we'll be waiting so okay <laughs> fingers crossed for you for getting your injection and your tour news and your gigging news and fingers crossed just well for the music industry in general really isn't it yeah that's right and you know what I, as many artists are i guess i can't wait to get my band back on the road because i've done a few acoustic shows but i can't take the boys and uh, and also my crew, I miss them dearly. I haven't seen them in a long time, so I can't wait for yeah, all my techs and and um, you know my sound dudes and tour managers to be able to you know get back to work and do what we do best. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Well, we very much look forward to seeing what you come out with, like in the rest of the year. Hopefully, we'll see you touring, doing shows with your band and your crew, and you know things can start to look a little bit better at some point. Um, yeah, that's what we're all hoping for. So. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, or this evening, should I say, from where you are. Um, really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much, mate. I'll catch up soon. Yeah, you too. Have a great night. Bye then. Okay. See ya. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.